You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? March 1st broadcast here of the Fightful MMA podcast. Joined, as always, on Wednesday nights by UFC welterweight veteran Sean Pearson, who has a lot to say, a lot on his mind. Uh, but before we get into this George St. Pierre stuff, this Misha Serkinov stuff, the UFC 209 stuff, Conor McGregor and, and Floyd Mayweather and stuff like that, uh, you're pretty happy with some of the stuff Fightful MMA is doing in terms of some of those graphics, eh, Sean? Yeah, I just noticed, uh, you know, Graham's got that... Uh... Or I saw him repost Elias, Elias Theodore. He's got a great little podcast avatar. Um, it looks amazing. And then yours is pretty cool. So I don't know who's doing these things out there, but I want one. I think Graham put the uh, the Pearson swear jar. Yeah, I did see that too. But, you know, it's that, that's a good one. But I want a nice, like, the, Elias is awesome. Years old. I, I want a new avatar. I want something cool. Someone be creative yeah. out there and hook me up. Well, I thought Graham was actually kind of funny. If you follow him online, uh, you can see him on Sean, uh, on mine and on Sean's and stuff like that. Uh, I believe it's Graham Williams or underscore Williams, but uh, just check my timeline, later. gentlemen. Uh, you can see it. He he actually every time, not every time, but sometimes when Sean goes off a little bit, uh, he posted an empty box, letting me know uh, this is what's left in Sean's F box. He's he completely ran out, and then he put up a swear jar with money in it. So I thought it was absolutely fantastic, but. Let's get to the mixed martial arts news today. The big news today, obviously, uh, George St. Pierre uh, is official. He's now taken on Michael Bisping. There'll be a press conference on Friday, right before the weigh-ins uh, with GSP and the count, UFC middleweight champion Michael Bisping. Likely, hopefully, they'll have a date. Uh, it's apparently set for later this year. But by the sounds of it, Sean, you're not overly impressed. I, I just don't think I care. Um, again, and I, I say that wholeheartedly. Like, I love George. I actually spoke to George a couple days ago. Um, he was down in Miami. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to watch that fight. Don't get me wrong. Um, I'm interested to see how George comes back and I'm always interested in to see how he fights, but I don't think that's the draw that we wanted or we needed. Um, Bisbing's excited. Why do you say that? Well, because I don't necessarily think it's the style stylistically. I don't think it's the most exciting match. You've got Bisbing who can play the, the points game who, you know, when he wants, he can stay away and, and jab and use his boxing skills. And you got George who is a, as a, a safe fighter, a smart, I don't want to say safe. He doesn't play it always safe, but he's a very smart tactical fighter. So I just don't want that potential not to have that exciting fight because this being's not, you know, with, I find where George gets really exciting fights is when guys have that, that chance for a knockout because everybody's like, well, if George gets hit, so if George gets hit, you know, with this one punch, like Carlos Condit almost caught him. Um, all the top guys, what are you doing with your eyebrows there, buddy? What are you, what are you trying to, 
comb your eyebrows with your fingers for. It's embarrassing. <laughs> um, <laughs> you guys can't see this, I realize, but he's, you know. No, I didn't lick my fingers. I'm just kind of unwiping. I'm, I'm a little sweaty right now. Yeah, he's getting nervous. But, um, yeah, yeah I, I just don't think that was the match that I wanted. I knew it was potentially there because I knew it almost happened previously. But I think Bisping's, you know, count as lucky stars because he's getting a bigger payday than he was going to get with any of the other guys. And, you know, Romero was a dangerous fighter. And now he's coming into a fight against a smaller guy, so he's got an advantage there. You know, George isn't going to probably – again, George can do a lot of things, but he's not known to knock people cold. I mean, especially at a heavier weight class. So it's a bit of a safer fight for Bisping. I still think George wins this fight, but I mean, safer in a sense that you're not going to get, you're not going to be left lying on the octagon floor. You know what I mean? With Romero, that was a dangerous fight. And it was interesting. I, I did like and appreciate how Romero was trying to hype that fight up and think they lost a bit of an opportunity there. Now, maybe Romero's hurt. Maybe he tested positive for steroids. Who knows? You know what I mean, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I was really hoping for George and Connor. Yeah, uh, Dana White did say today that that fight was not even close to being signed. I I respectfully disagree. I think there was uh, some stuff that could have went on back there. But I know GSP did want this Bisping fight because that was the one he was focused on uh, in terms of the December event in Toronto. Um, he's currently a, he's opened up as a minus one twenty five favorite. Bisping's minus one hundred five. GSP has been off for over three years. Bisping is the champ right now. Uh, are you surprised at those odds? Do you think they're too close? Should they be wider? Yeah, I think George is a higher favorite than that. I don't know. Like, I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not, again, I'm a Bisbing fan in some sense, but I don't think he's an overly dangerous fighter. He proved me wrong against an aging, non-steroided out Anderson Silva. But at the end of the day, I, I think he was losing that fight too. Um, so again, I think George comes in there. He tactically picks him apart, um, hits him with takedowns, does what he wants. Again, it's not going to be an easy fight by, by George by any means, but I think tactically he's going to um, pull Bisping apart and you know put a lot of holes in his game. So here's here's a, I've got a couple things I want to throw your way in terms of what potentially can happen after this fight. If George St. Pierre wins, he becomes uh, one of what two people that has ever won a a or three people now uh, that have won two title or two titles in two separate divisions. Conor, Conor McGregor obviously being BJ the only one. Yeah, Conor BJ and Randy Couture, right? Um, Conor being the only one that's done it with while holding both belts. Now. With George St. Pierre, do you think there's a method to his madness, number one? Because uh, if he beats Michael Bisping, do you think he's really actually going to fight a guy like Yoel Romero? You know, I, I, this comes down to our conversations before. Is that a money fight for him? No. So I would take that title. And then Connor's going to love the fact that George has got the middleweight title. So Connor's going to be all over making that fight happen. Because, again, now you've got Connor going, I can get three belts possibly. And that's where like, I'm going with this because George can go down at 155. That's right. So, you know, I potentially see, you know, that kind of thing happening. But, you know, what what happens with welterweight? Like, I, why why avoid the welterweight belt then? Again, I don't think George is after belts. I don't necessarily – I think George is after big fights, big money fights. He sees what people are doing now. And this once again proves that talent – again, George is very talented, but it, do, it doesn't prove the talent that's hot right now deserves a title or not. It's not going to happen. What makes the money – you know, the money spin is what's going to happen. That's the fights that happen. Just goes back to talk yourself, talk yourself up, build yourself up, make people want to watch you fight. Um, that's what's got to be done. And I, I do think Romero's been getting better at it. Even see Jacare on there talking a little smack now too. So 
I think guys are getting the idea that, listen, we don't care how good you are. If you're not going to come out here and help us build this sport and promote this sport, we're going to leave you behind. We don't need you. Is that good or bad? It's good in some senses, bad in others. Like we've seen what's happened to boxing. Um, you know, boxing's diminished and it, it happened a little bit because of that. You know, they built the sport around certain people. People built fighters up by protecting them for years and years, letting them get these huge records so they can have big money fights. Now, you know, in one sense, that's great for the fighter who made all the money. But as a fan of the sport, it got fewer and far between when we could see great fights. And that's what, the, to me, the essence of the UFC has always been. Great fights, not necessarily title fights, but great fights. And I think we might be steering away from that slightly. So we had this conversation. You and I have had it on numerous occasions. You called it sports entertainment now. Uh, Elias has been, Elias Theodoro, who joins me on Tuesdays, uh, has basically said the UFC is a content provider and that they're a content provider that needs to make money. I've been saying it since my since the TV show UFC Central. The UFC is not mixed martial arts. The UFC is a business, and when you run a business, you are there to make profit. And the profit is obviously George St. Pierre versus Michael Bisping, not Michael Bisping versus Joel Romero. That's a mixed martial arts fight. That's a rankings fight. That's not a big fight. That's not a pay-per-view fight per se in comparison to GSP and Bisping. So personally, I could care less whether whether the UFC does this or not and how they want to run their business. As long as the fights are good, as long as the fights have, have some sort of, you know, like, Sean, I go to no frills in our town here. And, and you know, if someone, if no one stops me when I'm in the middle aisle or grabbing milk or whatever, and they're not talking about the UFC, the mainstream fan could care less. You know, you and I are going to talk about it because we know, you know, this is what we do. But the regular fan is what I want to see now. I'm pretty sure if I go pump gas at town or if I go to the store or if I go, you know, we go to our, our, our local Boston pizza, people are going to stop me now and talk about George St. Pierre and they're going to talk about the UFC. So in my opinion, as, as, as crazy as it may sound, I have no problem with this. I think it's actually good. See, I, I don't want to say it's good or bad. It's good in some sense. But you look at other legitimate sports. You look at hockey. They still build superstars. Superstars are, are made. Not everybody has to be a superstar in that sense. And that's a team sport, so it's a little different. But at the end of the day, in all sports, superstars will come out of things and rise to the top because personalities will always prevail when given the opportunity. The truth of the matter is in the UFC, you're not always given the opportunity. And where people are struggling a little bit, is finding their own opportunity. And that's where the successful people have been very successful. It's where the Conor McGregor's and all these guys have, no, no, I, I see how to do this. And again, the blueprint's there for a lot of people, but everybody's got a different personality. And depending on your personality, it makes it easier, not too easy to do. So it's tough. Like, again, I, I've said it before. I had a, a different personality when I was younger, which probably would have gone over well in the UFC. But in, you know, as I was older, I tried to model myself a little bit more after the way George was. And that was only because, you know, I had, you know, I had my child, my, I had Logan, my, my younger, my older boy at the time. So I was a little bit more worried about you know, what, what is the, what image am I portraying? Like, you know, I got a swear jar here. And again, I've accepted it now and I'm okay with it. But at the end of the day, I didn't want to come across as an asshole on TV and then have my boy going, why are you always the bad guy? Why are you the bad guy? Realizing that it's a business. So again, it's easy to do. And I don't know if people also realize, but you gotta remember, I lost a full-time job as a police officer because of my ex image. So I was very shy and image, image conscious about what I was going to do once I got to the UFC. I mean, I'd already, and before the UFC had actually been turned down for a, a police force and other police force because of the, the whole pimp image. So all of a sudden this was hitting me right at the time I was making the UFC. So my image went from being very flamboyant, very like out there and 
you know, outspoken to yes, sir, no, sir, I'll do anything for the UFC. And then you worry about your job. So it's a difficult thing. It's so easy for us to sit back here and say, you've got to do this and do that, but you don't know what's going on in someone's personal life or, or what's really happening there. Cause I know that was my concerns, you know, when it all happened for me and I didn't have any fake assumptions that I was going to be a millionaire. My dream was to fight in the UFC at 34 years old, not necessarily make a million or 2 million or $5 million through it. And I didn't think that was realistic. I was just going out there to prove that I could be a pro fighter and have some fun with this. So, there's a conversation that, that I've had over the years uh, with yourself, uh, you know, with the likes of Rory McDonald. GSP has no point in having the conversation with him because he went from uh, a guy who was 21 years old uh, at the time with the Universal Combat Challenge, UCC, uh, into TKO, into UFC, into becoming a massive pay-per-view star. He had that lightning. He caught lightning in a bottle the day he dropped down to his knees and begged for that title shot. Um, that just, and, and he's, he has the look, you know, he, he caught lightning in a bottle. There's other guys out there that I think have so much potential to become stars that just don't understand the importance of the opportunity they have when they're in front of the media. It's all, I mean, it's almost like I would want to get into some sort of sports management and talk to them and, but not everyone's going to listen, Sean, you know that. I mean, like, like Rory McDonald's a perfect example. He's not that personality that understands when you get in front of a microphone, there's so many different personalities he could have embraced. They were calling him the Canadian psycho, the Canadian zombie, the Canadian serial killer. Okay. He had the opportunity every time he was in front of a mic to just simply not just be himself, but take a little bit of a chance and just prove that, you know what? I'm nuts. I am crazy. You know, you got Misha Sirkunov, who we'll talk about momentarily. Uh, this is another guy, good-looking kid. Uh, you know, yeah, he's married, beautiful wife and stuff like that, but has the opportunity to really get out there, but he just doesn't have that personality. So I ask you, if you had the opportunity to talk to not just the Canadian fighters that we know, but just fighters in general and have a conversation with them and explain to them, here's what I would recommend. What kind of recipe would you give them for success? Well, well to me, the it's all things we've talked about. It's little things, but at the end of the day, you can't be fake because come being fake, it comes across as fake, right? That that's true in, in any sense of the form. So even the Roy McDonald situation you talk about there, I do believe that there's still opportunities there for him. He's in a part of his life where you remember George wasn't loved and they wasn't disliked, but he wasn't being the good guy. Didn't win everybody over right away. It took time. So some personalities take longer amounts of time, to win over fans. So that might be the Rory McDonald. He might be a year from now or two years from now or three years from now, one of the most beloved guys in the sport for being the way he is. You know, that's his personality. That's his personality. You've got to get as many times or as many chances as you can to, to get it out there. But I like how Rory calls people out now. And he does every t- once in a while when he does talk, you want to listen because he's not, you know, outspoken. He, when he speaks, you want to listen because it, he's got something to say. Um, you know I mean, it's easy to, if you're the bad guy, you might as well just do it right away. And Josh Koshek, he was great at it too. You know, when he came to Canada, he's going to play the bad guy role. Um, those are smart situations to be the bad guy. Chell Shonen, it, it's much easier to be a bad guy and to get the crowd to hate you in a real quick fashion than it is to come across as Mr. Nice Guy. Uh, the other big thing here that people don't talk about is your personality is one thing, but winning is a big factor here. If you're not winning fights, it's hard to get any personality across because you don't get the opportunities. You win fights. You get the post, post-fight post talk. People want to follow you on Twitter, Instagram, this and that. Um, so winning is still one of the primary, most important things to do. Um, 
But as you can see, you don't have to win in spectacular fashion necessarily. That's one way to get you out there, but it, it's just winning and get your voice out there. There's no set rule on how to do this, but look at the blueprints of the successful people like Connor, George, and all these guys and, and find out which one suits your personality a little bit more and, and try and follow the blueprint. Like Connor McGregor, obviously, um, you know, is a special breed. Uh, it took Chael Sonnen a long time to realize, hey, you know what? I got to be the bad guy because being the good guy and just showing up here and wrestling and fighting uh, is, isn't doing anybody any favors. It's not putting any money in my pocket. And then one day he just woke up and his victim was Anderson Silva. He went after Anderson Silva long before he ever got that title shot, pinpointed him and just decided to rip him apart nonstop. Uh, and then he started winning fights and then he got his chance and stuff like that. So I remember I used to howl at his comments. What was the one that he had? He was petting a bus in Brazil or something. Well, that was for the, for big nog for the Nagara brothers. Yeah. And I don't remember what he called the bus. But I was like, this is, this guy's awesome. They're feeding carrots to the bus and then petting it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like he knew what to do. He knew he had to get the Brazilian fans to hate him. Like that that was big big time, right? Like that was in the news media. You know, he, he's not safe. And again, I don't know how safe or unsafe he was, but I mean that's big news. That's media. That was hitting all the media streams. So that was great. Um and he's funny. Like he, he's a funny guy. And again, McGregor's the same way. McGregor, I'm sure he's you know, seventy five percent serious about what he says, but he he's gotta have a good chuckle afterwards. You know what I mean? I can just see him back, you know, just laughing about some of the shit he says. One of my favorite comments from McGregor was, Who the fuck's that guy? Oh, that's <laughs> a classic. We're trying to get that shirt. I want that shirt. There's actually a shirt that has that. Who the F is that guy? That's awesome. That was a great comment. <laughs> Who the fuck's there was that also, guy? Also, I mean there's there's the Connor McGregor. I think he said I don't know if it was about Aldo, Jose Aldo Jr. or Rafael Dos Anjos, where he said, that's not a problem. I'll knock his head off and I'll carry it down the streets of Brazil in my hand or something like that. I was like, oh my God. But the other good one was when, he, when he's talking about, uh, there was a fan that said something about uh, Jesus and he replied back. He's, oh, I know Jesus. Us gods recognize gods. And I was like, this guy's a legend. This guy is absolutely on fire. Like, this unbelievable, some of the stuff he used to say. So, and it, it just gets better. You know, I'm just waiting for him to go after Floyd Mayweather a bit more or order to see if he's going to start shooting off his mouth about, you know, Habib Nurmagomedov, who said, don't worry about that fake champion, Conor McGregor. This is the real fight. And we'll get to that fight later on. But do uh, you think Conor's going to start piping up real soon? No. It's not, it's not a big money fight for him yet. Why would he go? He's going to go pick George next. Or someone else who can get him a real big payday. I don't believe that the the, the winner of that fight has got Connor next. You know, Dana can say what he wants, but as soon as a, and he just proved it to us with Jan Romero, as soon as a bigger money fight comes, that's where he's going. He's not going anywhere, you know, near Habib right now. You know, again, Habib's getting up there, but he's not huge money yet, and that's a scary fight. So I'd I'd avoid that right now. I'd pick some easier fights with bigger paydays. Hmm. You make a very valid point there, Mr. Pierce. I always do, buddy. I always do. I think Habib has a way of of, of... he'll get Connor. I oh no, he'll get Connor. His, his stock. He He's got to win first. He's got to win going, first. Yeah, and his stock is going through the roof. Like he's done a lot of work in the last two years, right? His stock is going through the roof. So I, I'm not saying that he can't get Connor. But he's got to put even more effort forth. You know what I mean? He's gonna if he wins this fight, he's gonna calm it after the fight. But he's got to just keep going and going overkill, make it so that's all anybody talks about. People are annoyed by it. But he's just got to keep calling it out, calling it out. He can't just sort of I want Connor next, and then you know all of a sudden let's say George beats Bisbang, and then all of a sudden there's gonna be a lot of talk there. George, who do you want next? 
I want Conor McGregor. And then all, you know, Habib's talk goes away. It's who's, who's in the moment, right? Who's in the right place at the right time. You said it about George lightning in a bottle. You got to catch it at the right time. I personally think, and this has got to be, I hate to say it, it's got to be pre-planned for team uh, for Habib. Uh, and I'm taking nothing away from Tony Ferguson, ladies and gentlemen, who's got an absolute opportunity to win this fight. I'm just saying with all the stuff that, that I'm seeing right now, it seems Habib is getting these headlines a lot more. I think it's got to be very strategic for Habib, almost planned out to know what to say and when to say at the moment he gets in front of that microphone, uh, be it with Joe Rogan or whomever, uh, and really use that opportunity uh, to get those fans in attendance screaming and those watching around the world that Conor McGregor is a fake, Conor McGregor that, blah, 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 to really get under Connor skin if possible it's got to be planned out it's almost got to be like uh written out and almost scenic if you ask me I, I i agree and i think the best opportunity he has is what he did last fight again i'm i'm not looking past ferguson he's a killer but i want to see habib talking shit if he's on top of ferguson or in between rounds because that to me was the best um footage right there when he's telling dana white you know hide your boy i'm coming for your son you know like that kind of stuff is awesome footage you know, you put a 24-7 or a prime time, whatever they want to call it together, with those kind of quotes, that is Connor, Connor stuff. And Connor can live off that. They can go back and forth and build this fight. It's huge. But then what happens when Ronda Rousey wants to fight Connor? That's a bigger fight. So then it goes away again. What do you do? You know, like. She's hinting that she wants to come back. Yeah or nay? I don't give a fuck. What am I gonna, who's she going to fight? Like, it's well uh, you're right no you're right it, you're absolutely right it's like who is she gonna fight because she can't fight anyone uh, in the upper echelon of that division no but she can fight all of them too it's called spade a spade it's not like you know i don't think she necessarily wins those fights right now but anybody outside of the top couple i think she murders right i think the gap is that big you've got your top few girls and then you've got everybody else who they're, they're all getting better but it takes time right so well, that's what she needs. You're right. That's what she needs, and that's exactly what the UFC needs. But the UFC can't pay her like they pay her to fight schleps. You know what I mean? Like, what do you – here, come back and headline this card against Joe Schmo and beat her up in 15 seconds, and here's $3 bucks. You know, like, I don't know, maybe the UFC can sell that a couple times, but they've already done that in the past, and now that she's lost, I think it's going to be a tougher sell. No, you're right. It's you got, you got to get value for your dollar. You're going to spend it. Bring back Gina Carano, you know what I mean? There's a fight for her, her and Gina Carano, a retired ex, you know, pretty girl in, in Ronda. You know, that's a big fight for them. I'm not going to disagree with that. I think that's an absolutely fantastic idea, although I don't know if Gina's going to want to come back, although there was always talk about her potentially coming back. But I like that fight, dude. I think that's a great call. I think you're making news there, son. Buddy, I always do. I always do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Like my son does, my son does the dab. Is that what he does when he scores? Scores, does anything he thinks is outstanding, which your kids think everything's outstanding they do. You know what I mean? He'll run up the stairs and beat you, and then he'll dab. I'm like, okay, buddy, easy. So I don't know. I was, I believe it or not, uh, Monday night, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so Sean coaches his son's team. Uh, I coach my son's soccer team. Sean coaches uh, his son's hockey team. What about lacrosse? I help coach lacrosse as well, yeah. Okay, so I, I, my son scored a goal on, on Monday, and I, I, I thought for some I thought, I wish Pearson was here to see this, because 
it was a, it was a nice play. He 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 challenged the D. The pass went off. He comes in front. He scores the goal off a nice little deflection, and then he turns around, looked at me, and was like, "What? You knew I was going to do that." Like it was like it was like the play that was that was planned out for years, and it wasn't arrogance or cocky, but it was like, "What? Why are you looking surprised?" I was just like. Like, you're surprised that he was lucky enough to get all your wife's genetics or athletic genetics, right? So that was the surprise. You're like, if it was my genetics, it wouldn't have went in. But, you know, you got your wife's good side and you got some goals in him. You know, it's good for him. Uh, I never liked you. Never, ever, ever liked you. All right, let's let's move on to the news that Misha Surkinov is now back with the UFC. After Dana White called him a flake or he flaked out, um, I'm thinking that Surkinov basically, or whomever is managing Sirkinov wasn't overly impressed with what he could have gotten elsewhere, decided to go back to the UFC. And I got to think it's for probably a lot less than, than, than you know, what he originally wanted. Uh, and maybe, I don't know if he tried to accept the, the original offer the UFC gave him or the UFC went down a little further. Like, I mean, what do you think what may have went down here? I don't think the UFC went down further. I don't think that's in their best interest. I think they would have honored the original contract they gave him. Again, I don't, I don't know. but um, Or they even met in the middle somewhere or closer to their side than his side but you're right they you know they didn't like what his offer was originally i assume he went to see the open market realized that again misha's a great fighter but he's not a name you know what i mean i don't know how many people can you know recognize him outside. you have one unheard message hi i was calling current the influencer marketing platform but i think i just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast well, anyways, I was calling Kern because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, <laughs> I could really use Current. <laughs> I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, in, in Toronto, he's a, he's a big thing. You know, we all know him. I've trained with him for years. Great guy, great fighter, but he's not out there. And even through this whole thing, I, I said he should have been on social media doing something. Like, you were cut by the UFC on a four-fight winning streak or a five-fight winning streak. Make it known. You know what I mean? Get yourself out there. He didn't do any of that stuff. And, again, maybe it's in his best interest, but because I, I don't know what really went down, but he's got to get himself out there. He's non-existent. You know, I don't see him much. I don't hear much about him. And I'm from Toronto, so. It sucks. No, you're absolutely 100% right because it sucks. It's, here's a guy, another one of our guys uh, that can't seem to get out there. Now, um, let's call a spade a spade, John. And again, Jesus, I hate bringing this up over and over again because I'm extremely biased when I say this, but there used to be a 
TV show feature guys like this to really get them out there. He doesn't have that opportunity right now. Uh, it's not like the television networks right now that have the mainstream appeal are going to go out of their way uh, and promote him and put him on mainstream television or even potentially online where you know a lot of the world is now going to. They're, they're, they're going online. Um, there's got to be something that he needs to realize or his management needs to realize. There's lots of things you do. We don't need TV shows anymore. Look, it's like... YouTube is so popular now. I think YouTube's actually going after live TV. There's a lot people can do now. They can make videos of themselves. My son's making his own highlight videos for hockey, for God's sake. Like, come on. You grab a GoPro. You make a little video yourself. You get your team. I think he used to be in um, some sort of partnership or something with Stephen Wong. I thought I saw Stephen Wong in his corner a couple times. I think that guy makes movies. He made The Striking Truth about George St. Pierre and David Loazzo. So there's people there. His, his, His wife is a model actress or sorry, you know, I know she's in that industry. So there's things that he can do and they're at his, ex- his disposal. He's just got to make the effort and do this stuff. I don't think it's that hard. Put together your I don't think 20 minute thing and throw it on YouTube. It can go viral if it's good. Yes, so it, it can go viral, but you have to bank on that. Now, see, people talk about television, uh, that it's not important anymore. Live television or, tele- or stations that have a lot of live programming are very, very important. That still gets a lot of ratings, no, for example. It, not that we're saying it's not important, though. What I'm saying is we don't have that avenue right now. So I agree with you. When we had the avenue, it was amazing. We don't have it right now. But you, you can't make an excuse for yourself. You don't have – other people are in the same boat, and they're making it work. Like, you know, Todd Stout from the Grand Brothers, he's on social media nonstop. Like, I would be in social media saying I'm training today, and he wouldn't even be at the gym. I'd be at the gym waiting for him. I'd see a picture of him like, <laughs> You have an Instagram photo put up of going to the gym. I'm like, no, you're not. I'm here waiting for you. Like, what, what do you mean you're going to the gym? Oh, that was from last week. Of course it was. But my point is he, he was always on social media. One who else? Ryan Ford. Great at it. He live feeds his, his boxing fights. He, I don't know if that's if you're supposed to do that. But, <laughs> you know, I, I watched his boxing fight in, uh, I don't know if it was in the Philippines or, I don't know where it was. Sorry, it was overseas somewhere. But I, I watched it. Um, and I saw a bunch of our buddies all watching it too because we're all giving it the thumbs up. He's doing well, but he's on so he kills social media. So there's ways to do this, and he's gained himself a, a good following. So again, we don't have the TV show, which sucks. But don't you know? It's like you know, I always I used to I've said this a lot. So I don't have the genetics I want. I want the genetics where I've got a 22 inch waist and huge shoulders and a 22 inch cock. You know what I mean? But that's not me. You know what I mean? Like. I can't jump over houses in a single bound. Unfortunately, I'm not Superman. But if I want to look a certain way, what does it take? It takes hard work. Rather than I can either sit in my chair and say, oh, I don't have great genetics. I'm not, you know, I don't run the 100 meters in nine seconds. Or I can go out and work and get what I want. And those are the decisions you got to make. You can either sit there and say, oh, I wish the show would just pick me up and brand me and I'd be a superstar. Because even if you're on that show, you're not a superstar. If you, you could have a lame show too, right? Like the staff all try to help you, but if your personality is not going to come out, it's not going to come out. You got all I've had guests that came on that were just atrocious. Believe me, you've got to put it out there. You've got to want to do this. Like, don't. No one does anything for you in life. That's one thing I learned. You know what I mean? Like, no one owes you a thing. So don't think that anyone's going to do you any favors. If a favor comes, that's great, but don't expect it. Don't. Just get out there and do your work. You know what I mean? Work hard. The hardest workers always end up on top. That's life. Life advice 
from the one and only Sean Pearson, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you do follow him online at Sean Pearson, uh, social media wise, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Follow yours truly at Showdown Joe. Give us some love at Fightful MMA uh, as well, FightfulMMA.com for all of your mixed martial arts news. Uh, in terms of mixed martial arts news, it looks like Damian Maya is not waiting in, any longer for that title shot. He will put his quote-unquote, number one contender spot, title shot on the line versus uh, Jorge Masvidal, targeted for Nashville's UFC Fight Night 108. Uh, are you surprised that Damien actually did this? Because he said he's, he's not fighting anybody, and now he is. The writing's on the wall. Like, again, this goes back to every conversation we're having. Damien is not selling tickets. He's a great fighter. Um, he's not selling any tickets, and he knows this. So he can wait for the gift. But what's going to happen if, you know, Okay, Tyrone Woodley wins, and then Conor McGregor says, "I want the welterweight title." Where do you think Damian Maya goes? He's got no say in the matter. He gets bumped down the list again. So, how long does he want to wait for a fight in the end of his career? Like, and I don't want to say like, but I mean, he's older. I, I don't know how old, but he's probably thirty-nine or forty. I guess I'm, I'm guessing some numbers here. But how long does he want to wait? Do you want to stay on the shelf for two or three years? Because that fight might not happen. You know what I mean? So, again, I, I understand his disappointment and I understand what he should be getting and shouldn't be getting, but understand the writing's on the wall. We see it every day now. The fighters that get paid are the fighters that make noise and we all want to watch. So, I think he's being smart by taking another fight. And I agree. I think it's right. I think it's the right thing to do for him because, you know, unfortunately, uh, he is getting older, but got to make money. Got to maximize the, the revenue you have with your brand right now. Uh, one guy who's massively popular in his homeland is Alexander Gustafsson. But my God, Sean, is a pressure on this guy right now. He's taking on Glover Teixeira. Uh, everything to lose, in my opinion, for Alexander Gustafsson. He cannot lose this fight, let alone losing this fight potentially on home soil. I don't, I don't even care. <laughs> no, he's, They're good, but that division right now, it needs a facelift, right? Even both those guys, so the winner gets the title. Like, who's the title holder right now in that, in that division? Is it Cormier? Yep. <laughs> and, well, no, it's funny. I love Cormier, but I haven't seen him in the news lately either. You know what I mean? Like, I see him once in a while on, you know, on, on a UFC fight doing the broadcasting, but I don't see him doing anything. John Jones brought excitement to this division, and it was because I think the Cormier and Jones combination brought excitement because that, that resentment towards each other but right now, everybody's a nice guy. You know what I mean? Everybody, you know, all the top guys are like, hey, you know, we'll fight, shake hands. I'm not, I'm not sold on that division right now. I want to see John Jones come back, and I even want to see John Jones get beat up. You know what I mean? Whether he gets beat up or not is irrelevant, but I'd love to see it. And I like John Jones. I just like to see people get humbled a little bit. And, you know, once in a while, I like to see him. You know, Cormier, to me, is a genuine – it looks like a great guy. Like, he – Everything he says and doesn't. One he what is, I love he's, he's a great dude. Believe me, he's an awesome, awesome character, and, man. And awesome. I'm not saying John Jones isn't, but what I love about Cormier, for the average fan, I think it's almost like Roy Roy Nelson. He doesn't have the build that you expect. You know what I mean? He's not your prototypical 205er, and he wins fights. He's powerful. He's tough, and I like that. You know, he embraces. Hey, listen, this is my physique. This is what I am, and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to punish people. He's not trying to sit there and turn himself into a bodybuilder. and Because, again, that, that marketing portion, he's marketing himself to a different. This is what I am. I don't know where I'm going with this conversation, but I like his look because it's different than everybody else. I mean, I don't feel like everybody has to look like a bodybuilder. And I can appreciate that about him. You know, he's, these are, this is what I've gotten. His slams are phenomenal. 
Oh yeah, when he gets whether it's a single or no, sorry, not a single high crotch. Who was the high crotch? Was it Josh Barnett yeah. in Strike Force? Oh, there's the one against Dan Henderson, even where he threw Dan Henderson like a little kid. He's like, yeah, yeah, upside down. No, I'm saying that was that was fantastic. Who would you rather see uh, fight John Jones next, Daniel Cormier or uh, Rumble Johnson? I'll, I'll go Cormier. What about John Jones being humbled though? No, I, and I. I think Rumble Johnson's a more dangerous fight, but I think Jones puts holes in his stand-up game. I think Jones's stand-up, like his jab and his his distance control, is very good. So again, even though we can see fireworks with Rumble, I don't see Rumble hitting Jones. I actually felt that even though everybody says that John Jones killed Cormier, I thought it was a closer fight than people th- talked about. Um, I thought Cormier hit his gas tank, got hit really hard, and I think the third round, the end of the third, I thought he. This is a while back, but I think John Jones won the first. I had Cormier win the second. I might be off here. And then Cormier was winning the first half of the third. And then it looked like his gas tank just flunked out, and Jones took it from there on. But I might be off on the rounds here. But, again, I Cormier looked like he was doing great, and then he just sort of his gas tank sort of fizzled. And the last round, Cormier was just surviving. Not surviving as in, like, getting killed, but just I think he didn't have anything left in his gas tank to, to go forth in that fight. And then I think the, the humbling experience for him, and it's tough, is when you, your expectation is an easy takedown. And he had to work awful hard to even attempt to take John Jones down. And that burned him out really hard. I don't think he had that expectation going in there. I want to see him fight Rumble. I want to see him fight Rumble. I want to see if Rumble can actually connect. Not not any disrespect to, to John Jones. I, I don't want to see anybody get hurt. But to see Rumble tag him and see if, if John can be like, yeah, I just took your best shot. Let's do this. Or to see John Jones a cold. It's, it's, it's one of those things where I'd like to see one or the other, you know, can't see both or you could see both technically speaking, but I would love to see that fight. That was a fight that was supposed to happen. It didn't happen, but man, I would love to see that fight uh, between rumble uh, and bones. That'd be absolutely fantastic. I want to ask you a question. We've been talking about, we'll get to ladies and gentlemen, we will get to the UFC 209 uh, preview in a moment or so, but I want to get Sean's thoughts on something we've been discussing since last Friday here at Fightful MMA. Sean Ross Sapp and I, managing editor for Fightful, came up with, uh, just just fluked out, organically came up with the idea when we we're talking about Conor McGregor uh, potentially versus Floyd Mayweather and how Anderson Silva wants to be the co-main event with Floyd Mayweather. And all of a sudden we started discussing, hey, wait a second, what about an all UFC fighters versus boxers in a boxing ring co-promoted by the UFC where you can bring in the likes of Eddie Alvarez, the Diaz brothers, Holly Holm uh, to represent the UFC versus, you know, some of the folks on the boxing side. What do you think of that type of card, Sean? I know it's, it's potentially could never happen because UFC would never co-promote, but I, I, I'm of the, of the fact that never say never because if the UFC can make money off it, I'm sure they'll try. Well, you'd have to pay all the UFC fighters handsomely because they're all going to get killed. Like, what? We're just again. Why are we? Why are we pretending that UFC fighters can compete with boxers on their on their level? It's it's two different sports. Make a deal, say, and then you got to come over to MMA. Okay, but after after you knock me out in a boxing match, <laughs> if I'm the boxer, I'd be like, yeah. It just doesn't make sense. It's all about. You actually just cut out that. Say that again. I just said, you know, then after I win the boxing match, I just say I forfeit. I'm injured. Can't compete. You know what I mean? It's whoever goes first wins <laughs> in this one. You know what I mean? Again, I, I just I'm, – I'm not a big fan of everybody trying to pretend that – because I wonder what I do hate. I hate the fact that boxers hate the UFC because it's – they're trying to protect their identity because most boxers I know don't actually hate the UFC. But a lot of these guys are so sick of hearing, oh, this fighter would kill your boxer. 
and again, I'm not about that. I love boxing. I grew up watching boxing. Um, I appreciate for what it is. I my main gym was a boxing gym with Ryan Grant. Um, I appreciate what they do. I do. It's different. You know what I mean? And even when I stand up and box, it's still not the same as their boxing. You know what I mean? It's smaller gloves. It's the fact is I can kick at any time. I can take you down at any time. The clinch work, it's a different sport. And you have to appreciate for what it is. Now, I can still appreciate Conor McGregor's hands and say, this guy's got slick hands. But I put him in there with Floyd. I'm pretty sure that he doesn't hit Floyd very often and, you know, gets, you know, pushed around. And, again, that's why that's a big hype fight. But now you're trying to put in nine or seven other fighters. I don't think we have seven other fighters who can really compete at the highest level. I think a lot of pro fighters, pro UFC fighters, can compete on a pro level in boxing. Not a problem. Yeah, but, I'm not saying. So I'm not saying like pit them up against the best of the divisions, but guys that you know a, a fair fight sort of thing, uh, or someone fight? that's got it. Yeah, I know, I know, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Someone that does have a name in boxing. Versus, you know, like, I mean, I'm just thinking of the the, the deep. Both Nick and Nate would fight anybody in any weight class in boxing. That's For sure, fact. because they like money. So anytime you're going to pay these boys, they'll do whatever it takes. And I agree with you. I like their attitudes, but that's that's what that comes down to. They don't necessarily think – well, in their heads, they'll kill anybody in any sport. But I think more so, they're just like, what, how much money are you paying me? I'm, I'm down. Let's do this. <laughs> Oh, you're right. Absolutely correct. No, I, I, I personally, I mean, uh, I know Holly Holm, despite her not competing in boxing for quite some time, uh, I know she could probably do pretty good against some of the higher level boxers that are out there right now. I'd love, I think she would jump on board with that. Uh, but again, it's just fantasy. It's just a conversation. I think it's, uh, I think it'd be actually pretty cool. Uh, what's not fantasy though is UFC 2-9 going down this weekend, uh, and it kicks off with an intriguing bout. Not because it's heavyweights, not because it's a rematch. It is Alistair Overeem against Mark Hunt, but Mark Hunt has a lawsuit against the UFC. Mark Hunt is basically fighting out his contract. Um, he's kicking off the pay-per-view, and, and the UFC basically had a, um, oh, what's sort of like, not a dismissal, uh, but they're trying to dismiss the case uh, in Vegas court right now as we speak. So Mark Hunt's legal team, uh, they're going to try and make, they're going to try and bleed Mark Hunt of money. So Mark Hunt needs the money uh, to try and, and, and get this court case taken care of with the whole Brock Lesnar thing. But Alistair Overeem taking on Mark Hunt in a rematch, kicking off the pay-per-view. Your thoughts on that fight? I this is where Mark Hunt confuses me. He's upset that the UFC let somebody on steroids fight him with the Brock Lesnar. Alistair Overeem has been one of the you know the biggest users of horse meat his whole career. So I don't understand why. Like to me, unless he's just trying to build a further case, you know. <laughs> we all know that you know Alistair Overeem's been on. I remember watching him fight Chuck Liddell. Back in the day at 205. You know I mean, we've all seen the transition when he started eating his horse meat to what he is now. I don't know how many times he's tested positive, if he has or he hasn't, but again, the, he doesn't pass the, you know, the, the look test. That guy's on steroids. I looked at him, he's on steroids. He doesn't pass that test. So I don't know. <laughs> all right. What do you think is going to happen in the fight, though? I think Mark Hunt's going to knock him out. Yeah? Yep. I'm liking it. I mean, it's it's. I I think you're absolutely right. I think Mark Hunt's at a point right now that that Alistair Overeem. I I had this conversation all week. I think he's going to try and take him down. I think Overeem's going to try and take him down. Hunt's going to not won't allow it. He's going to finish him. Mark Hunt gives less fucks than I do, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> he's just going to be like, here you go, pal. <laughs> oh, I love it. I, I think, yeah. 
He's awesome. Uh, after that, a guy that's getting a nice little push from the UFC, Lando Venata, who comes into the UFC on short notice, takes on Tony Ferguson, uh, puts on an absolutely fantastic performance. Then in next boat comes into Toronto uh, and takes out John McDessie with a highlight reel spinning kick. He's taking on another tough guy that nobody knows about, David Tamor. Uh, your thoughts on that one, if you have any thoughts on this one. I, I know who you're talking about, and I know he was even cocky. said mine was a, a better spinning heel kick than uh, – Who's our first guy that did it? The, the Edson Kikoski. Barbosa. Edson Barbosa. And I watched them side by side. He's not even close to saying it was better than that one because Barbosa's is way cleaner, way nicer. But it's still, I couldn't do it. So it's nice. <laughs> um, so I think he's going to be an exciting fighter to watch. I don't know much about the guy he's fighting. So again, this will just be one of those fights to me where I've got no expectations and then it'll probably exceed my expectations. You know what I mean? He's got a good opportunity here to, to show both some of his skills and, and show us what he's got. What about your expectations for Rashad Evans making his middleweight debut, taking on Dan Kelly, who at one point was on the Ultimate Fighter Nations representing Australia? I originally thought that the, you know his career was coming to an end with all the family stuff that was going on. Now he's taking on Rashad Evans. I never thought in my wildest dreams that Dan Kelly and Rashad Evans would be pitted together in the octagon. Yeah, it blows my mind too because either Dan Kelly's come way higher than I thought because he was terrible on that show. I thought he didn't even look like an athlete. I know he's a judoka, but his movement was terrible. Or Rashad Evans has just come way down in his stature. You know what I mean? Like, I, I would never have thought these two would meet either. I think Rashad Evans should run through him. Um, just stand up and, and box this guy because, you know, you should negate the takedowns and we'll probably knock Kelly out. But, again, I was wrong before because I didn't think Kelly would win three fights in the UFC. I don't know how many he's won right now. But I, I really didn't think he was going to have a career in the UFC. He was a great judoka, and I, I like the fact that he had his spot on the show. I just didn't think he was going to be very successful in the UFC. He he is, he's 5-1 and one in the UFC, with only loss being Sam Alvey. I mean, he's got a win over Chris Camozzi, Antonio Carlos Jr. Uh, no, he's, he's doing pretty good, but no, I know what you're saying. I think you're absolutely correct. But I do want to get to the co-main event because since day one uh, of our original podcast, you have labeled this fight as the true title fight at 155 pounds. Habib Nurmagomedov taking on Tony Ferguson in the one of the two bouts that I'm looking forward to the most this year. Obviously, people know Cody Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw is the other fight that I'm really looking forward to. But Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson, man, well, as soon as this fight starts, my phone is being turned around. Laptop is being shut. I don't want to talk to another human being. I'm just going to enjoy this one for what it is. What do you think is going to happen here? I'm going to go... I want to say Habib's taking this fight. I think... Again, if Ferguson can keep Habib standing later in this fight, so, you know, Ferguson's chances to me are either early in the first round, if he can catch Habib early, and, uh, like, Habib got caught a little bit early in his last fight, so potentially get him there, or if he can somehow, and, again, this is so far-fetched to me, tie out Habib, so in the fourth and fifth round, he's having difficulties with takedown, but Habib's um, endurance and cardio, like, he's nonstop. For, for someone who does as many takedowns as he does, his cardio is on point always. So I still think Habib grinds this fight out, gets the guy down, has some great ground. Habib, to me, is the real champ right now. If I was him, I would come out with a belt. Uh, the people, <laughs> yeah. I, would, I would take it right from the WWE, WWF back in the day. The people's champ, was that Mr. Perfect? Who was that back in the day? I don't remember. I think it was Mr. Perfect who came up with the people's champ's belt. Um, or even come out with the Ted DiBiase and the million dollar belt. I don't care, but you got to come out there with a belt and say, I'm, I'm the champ. This is my belt. Don't worry about what UFC belt there is out there. And here it is. If Connor wants my belt, he can come and get my belt. I mean, he's got to, he's got to build on that stuff. 
Circa 12.15 Eastern, 12.30 Eastern, uh, going into Sunday morning, round the proverbial round six between Tyron Woodley and Stephen Thompson will get underway. A rematch for the welterweight title of the world, uh, one that was a majority draw the last time they competed. And of course, both of them are staying. There's new tricks that they'll be bringing into the to this bout here, but we all know what happens once people get tired is they'll go back to what they know. Uh, and if this one goes into the championship rounds, it could get very, very interesting. If it doesn't end within the first 15, uh, I mean, this, it's, it's an intriguing fight. Despite most of us, I think the majority of us, really wanting uh, to see Nurmagomedov and Ferguson go at it, this is a fantastic fight. Uh, how do you see this one going down? I see this one as being called the co-main event. They, they, both these guys missed a huge opportunity here to sell this fight. I know they've done a little bit, but they I don't feel like I've been completely sold on it. You know, and I don't know if it's because like, Tyrone Woodley is saying, no, oh, he's blessed to get this opportunity. I'm, like, I'm blessed. I go, you're, you're blessed to be here as well. Like, it's just, I, I just think there was a bigger opportunity to sell this rematch because the first fight was very exciting. So I feel like, there, you know, we missed a little bit of, Again, what what could have been done to build this fight up a little bit more? I think it's overshadowed for me, at least, by the co-main event. Um, I I, I want to see Stephen Thompson win this fight. I don't know if it's going to happen because the one thing that Tyrone Woodley proved to me is that you know he he's not just a one-trick pony. Because you know I I still have memories of him from early in his career when he beat Jordan Maine. Um, he was getting beat up standing up, and then he said, "Oh, screw this! I'm going to take you down." Because back then Jordan couldn't you know stop the takedowns. Um, but he's grown tremendously. And after I rewatched the fight as well, it's not just like, I used to think, you know, Willie's always got that punch. He's got that power, but he actually, he faints good. He, he mixes it up a little bit. He's very dangerous on the feet. Again, he's not as clean and as, as pretty with everything as, uh, Steven Thompson is. He doesn't mix it like that, but you know, that one punch can change a fight with him. And it, it did in that fight several different times. So this is an interesting fight. Um, I'm going to go Stephen Thompson on this one, um, but by decision again. There you go. Where are you watching the fight on Saturday night? I will. Uh, I think I might do stakeout. Maybe nice. So one of the two. We'll, we'll figure it out. For those that don't know, in our town here, uh, a very um, fantastic restaurant called Stakeout, and of course, a big chain across the country, Boston Pizza. You can you can win either way. Uh, anything else you want to say before we let you go, sir? No, no, just who's getting creative to get me a nice avatar. I need to, I need to figure this out. I'm not going to get that out. I will definitely get that out. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, it is Graham Williams. I, I will find out for sure. Uh, but we'll get a cool avatar. I'll even talk to the big boys here uh, at Fightful MMA to make sure we get something done for you. For now, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you do follow him online at Sean Pearson uh, via his social media. Follow yours truly, Joe Farrell, at Showdown Joe. And, of course, at Fightful MMA tomorrow. 12.30 p.m. Eastern, Frank Trigg will join me, and I'm sure he's going to have a lot to say about all this George St. Pierre news uh, and, of course, UFC 209, because if there's two people uh, on this podcast all week that uh, seem to run out of uh, the proverbial F word, it's Sean Pearson and Frank Trigg. So uh, earmuffs and both these guys joined, uh, and Frank Trigg was in a mood last week. Who knows what kind of mood he'll be in tomorrow, because when I speak to him, it is 7.30 in the morning over there, so uh, over in Hawaii. But for now... Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in. We bid you a fond adieu. Ciao for now. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done 
which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.